New Jersey, whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. Get the hell off the beach. You're done. They try to light me to make me look better, everybody, but you know, these are not miracle lights. Either sit down and keep quiet or get out. One or the other. We're done with you. I'm David First. A bit later in the show, we'll be joined by Patrick Murray, director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute, about the latest Monmouth University poll, the one that said that a majority of New Jersey residents think Christie should resign now that he's running for president. But first, we're here with Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio. Uh, Matt, Governor Christie announces last week and then continues his never-ending tour of New Hampshire and spends the rest of his time effectively auditioning for a possible future role as host of a cable TV news show. He was on Fox News several times. Uh, he was on Morning Joe, CBS This Morning on Monday. And, and Matt, what strikes me on a lot of these shows is that Governor Christie doesn't seem like the guest. He, he seems like the host. This is a guy who is so comfortable on live TV. So comfortable on live TV. I think part of the reason why his poll numbers dipped so significantly after Bridgegate is, be, is because he stopped doing TV. I mean, part of the reason why he was so successful in his first term was because he dominated the airwaves. Everybody wanted to get him on their, their morning show. Um, and now he's back in full force blanketing the airwaves after his announcement, just like he used to blanket the airwaves after his annual State of the State speech. So Lauer, Matt Lauer from the Today Show went to Livingston to get exclusive interviews with Christie before his announcement. Well, I think what sets me apart is the state where I come from. I mean, this is hand-to-hand combat every day. And it's a Democratic legislature who is fighting you all the time, who you have to learn how to bring in and to craft compromise. And then after the announcement, right after he got off stage, they went to his old house and they did an interview in front of the house he grew up in. Uh, Sean Hannity traveled then to New Hampshire uh, that day where, where they, he did a full hour for Fox News. You are now the 14th person in. <laughs> yep. A lot of people running. 14 is a really lucky number, Sean. Uh, <laughs> really lucky. It's not 13. That's, yeah, a good that's point. exactly right. Uh, why do you want this is such the biggest job in the world. Why do you want to be president? Because I believe our country needs to have strong, decisive leadership, that we have to set the tone again, not only inside our country, but around the world. Uh, And I believe I have the skills, the abilities, and the desire to make it happen. Christie does this very well. He says, I will get on that debate stage because I don't have a problem uh, commanding attention. And so far, that's proven to be true. Even though he's uh, barely in the top 10 of uh, Republican candidates, Media organizations still love to get him on the airwaves. He makes good copy. Love to get him on the airwaves, and once he's there, seem to just love him. They do. Uh, You don't necessarily see a lot of follow-up questions, and they aren't necessarily as intimately familiar with the issues in New Jersey as as some of us are. So it's definitely an easier interview for him. Okay, so he's blanketing the airwaves, but to one place we're not seeing him much is New Jersey. What happens to the state now that Christie is really running? I mean, many have been saying that New Jersey has been an afterthought since, oh, I don't know, five seconds after his last uh, re-election. He's been out of state approximately 225 days since he was sworn into a second term approximately 525 days ago. So almost half of his second term, um, he spent 
out of state, and that's going to increase. Uh, he will probably be, be out of state most of the duration of this campaign. Even when I'm out of state, I'm doing my job. You know, it's not it's not like the old days where, you know, you had to get the, the Pony Express to take a, a note mm-hmm. to the governor. I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I carry this cell phone with me everywhere, as we all do now. Um, I'm never out of touch. I'm never off duty. There's just simply a lot less governing going on. There's several indications of that. He doesn't have the sort of ambitious agenda that he had in his first term. He used to call his agenda doing the big things. And if we're not doing the big things, then we're not doing anything. After signing a significant bipartisan bail reform measure uh, into law early in his second term, there have been really no major policy proposals that have come anywhere close to fruition. He's been focusing a huge amount of his energy on New Hampshire. Uh, he was boasting about his 12 town hall meetings in New Hampshire on uh, Morning Joe this week. You know, listen, I've never had trouble getting attention, Joe. Right. So I'm not worried about 14, 15, 16 people. Yeah. I'll always get attention. And especially if you're talking about big things and you're talking directly to people. I mean, that's the difference. And you know, in, in New Hampshire, um, I've done 12 town hall meetings already and did 138 as governor. Has there been any indication that he's gaining traction there, uh, aside from anecdotal comments. He's had more town hall meetings than any other candidate. He walked in a a local New Hampshire July 4th parade and had a larger contingent of supporters than anybody else. I'd really be surprised if he can't move the needle just a little bit. I think there's a lot of wild cards going on, like Donald Trump, who seems to be doing really well there, and some suggest might be encroaching on Christie territory. For those who are into the, the blunt-speaking Northeasterners, I'd really be surprised if all of these efforts there don't move the needle a little bit because we've seen he hasn't really gotten past 5% in the polls in New Hampshire in several months. He's been working uh, overtime to try to move that needle. Um, we've been talking all year about Christie's pivots, uh, focusing in on issues where his positions have been shifting to the right uh, the closer he got to officially entering the race. Matt, now that he's in, is that race to the right in overdrive? It very well might be. I mean, we've talked about uh, guns, making moves to loosen gun regulations in New Jersey the night before his presidential announcement. Uh, we've seen him get very hawkish on national defense, perhaps more than any other candidate in the Republican field. He's called for American warplanes over the South China Sea in order to stare down China. He wants American troop movements in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania in order to send a message to Vladimir Putin. He wants missiles in Poland. He wants a fence on part of the Mexican border. He's hinted that we should be retaliating against Syrian President Bashar al-Assad for crossing President Obama's red line on the use of chemical weapons. Then he did backtrack a bit and say he wouldn't be the president to take you to war. He also did, made a move that conservatives will cheer, but it's actually pretty bipartisan. Um, he can now legitimately go to these early primary states and say he got an income tax cut in New Jersey. He'll say, I did it despite the Democrats in the legislature. I was able to cut income taxes and people will love that. And what he did was in the beginning of his first term, There's something called the Earned Income Tax Credit, which was a a Reagan program um, that exists at the state and federal level to provide tax credits to the working poor. Christie cut that program when he came in, which was essentially a tax increase on the working poor. 
Democrats have been demanding that he reinstate that credit. So now not only has he reinstated the credit, he's gone deeper than it had been before. In fact, they percentage-wise will be paying uh, a lower rate than they had been at the beginning of his term after paying a bunch more over the last several years. On uh, Morning Joe this week, he once again said he's the guy who's combat ready. I'm a guy who has actually dealt with the Democratic legislature for the last six years and gotten things done. It's much more, much more like what it'll be in Washington, D.C. for the next president than if you're a Republican governor with a Republican legislature where you send things down the hall, they stamp it and send it back. You got to learn how to fight and compromise at the same time. He deals with the Democratic legislature in New Jersey and gets things done. So he's the candidate who, who doesn't think of compromise as a, a sin. He is the only candidate in the Republican field who's an incumbent Republican governor dealing with a legislature controlled by the other party. For those who want somebody who they think can go in there, break some China, bring people to the table, even if they don't agree with them, and actually uh, hammer out some compromise to get stuff done. But it, there's, there's little evidence of that happening in his second term. It was really a first-term thing. Matt Katz covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio. His book, American Governor Chris Christie's Bridge to Redemption, is due out in January. Matt, thanks again. Thank you, David. See you next week. I know if my mom was still alive today to see this circus that my life has become, I know she'd say two things to me for sure. First thing she would say is, okay, so you're going to run for president of the United States. Don't get to be a big shot with me. I changed your diaper. I know who you are. Don't act like you're a big deal with me. And the second thing she would say to me is, if you're really going to do this, and you're going to ask people for the most precious vote they can give, the vote for leader of our country, then you better tell them, Chris, everything that's on your mind and everything that's in your heart. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. 2015 has produced a wealth of opinion polls uh, seemingly designed to give folks with the Christie campaign sleepless nights. Each one just seems more brutal than the last. A new Monmouth University poll taken after Christie's announcement that he was entering the presidential race has more bad news for the governor from home state residents. According to the poll, two-thirds of New Jersey residents say he would make a bad president. A majority of residents say Christie should resign now that he has officially entered the presidential race. We're joined now by Patrick Murray, director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute. Welcome. Good to be with you, David. Patrick, can you walk us through some of these numbers? What was most striking for you in this latest poll? Well, I never expected that the numbers would turn around for the governor once he announced for president, but I always thought that there'd be this sense of pride uh, among New Jerseyans, uh, even if they were a little grudging, that their governor, their own governor, is being considered as a potential presidential nominee. And we just didn't see any bounce at all out of these numbers. No bounce at all. Just a confirmation of what we've been seeing so far. Just this uh, job rating standing at uh, 36% approve, 58% disapprove among uh, New Jersey residents. Yeah. I mean, that that number has been about where it has been for the past few months. I think the issue here is, as we look at all the other numbers in there, that New Jersey residents are getting fed up, that the governor has, what, what they feel, has abandoned the state which was something that he said he would never do, particularly four years ago when he was considered as somebody who might jump in the race and some people outside of the state were cajoling him to do that. This is not the time to leave unfinished business for me. 
the stakes are too high, and the consequences are too real. So, New Jersey, whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me. Back then, when we were polled and we asked a few questions about that, people actually did feel a sense of pride back then. But there's a sense there that he is not governing the state at all, and, and things here in New Jersey are just going downhill very quickly, and people are starting to resent that. And I think that's why we didn't, we didn't see any bounce at all in these numbers. Although I should point out that uh, two other governors um, who are in the race, um, uh, Scott Walker of Wisconsin and Bobby Jindal of Louisiana, also have very bad job approval numbers back home. I think there is something simply about running for president that caused people to question uh, your commitment to your current job. Well, here's how Governor Christie explained his low polling numbers on Morning Joe this week. The bridge stuff was part of it, right. for certain, and the relentless negativity that I was subjected to. Um, and, and then combine that with uh, the idea that you've got, um, you know, a guy who's going to run for president. And when that happens, the combination of the two brings your numbers down. The numbers are going to go back up. They always do. Well, Patrick, with all of that context in mind, what, what are we to make of, of these numbers, that, that a majority, 57 percent of Garden State residents say that the governor should resign now that he's thrown his hat in the ring? 37 percent say he should stay in office. How do we make sense of this? Is this just a typical uh, what, what you would expect to see? I'm not quite sure how typical this is, because there is a slight difference between uh, Governor Christie's ratings and the ratings of the governors in the other state. In many cases, you can trace those low ratings in Wisconsin and, and Louisiana to things that those governors had did that, were, uh, did that were unpopular. In New Jersey, it's really a sense that he hasn't done anything for the past few years, and that from what the evidence that, that people in New Jersey see so far, and we, we found it in the poll, 71% say he can't do both effectively. He can't run for president effectively, and he can't govern New Jersey effectively based on how we've seen him uh, act over the past year or so when he was, has been out campaigning. All right. I want to play that clip. This is just from a few weeks ago of Governor Christie on Fox News. The polls in New Jersey right now say by a 65 to 29 percent margin, the New Jersey voters say you would not make a good president. Now, they know you the best. Why shouldn't we trust them? They want me to stay. A lot of those people in that 65 percent want me to stay. And I've heard that from lots of people at town hall meetings. Don't leave to run for president because we want you to stay. But they say you would not make a good president. No, I think people hear the question they want to hear. Patrick, in your latest poll, you asked residents about this specific answer, if that is indeed the, the case, that they don't want him to be president because they want him to stay in New Jersey. Sure. That was interesting spin from the governor, and I took that as a challenge as a pollster. Okay, is that what people are really saying? And um, so we asked the same question. We got two-thirds of New Jersey who said he would not make a good president, and we followed up with them. And we said, well, are you saying that because you really want him to stay in New Jersey, or is it you think that he would make a bad president, period? And we found only 5% uh, agreed with the governor's view of the spin of that question. That's why they gave that answer. It was a secret answer to keep him in New Jersey. So that 5%, that's the exact 5% that are showing up for the town halls, giving him that, uh, that message. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. So, you, so we now know officially, you, you took it personally when he gave that answer. No, I, I didn't take it personally. I just took it as a challenge to the, to the polling profession. Okay. Um, so if you want, we're going to unspin that, that particular spin. Unspinning the spin today with uh, Patrick Murray, director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute. Patrick, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure, David. 
the Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. And you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First. So, Governor, are you going to censor yourself a bit more on the campaign trail now that you've announced? I'm going to say things at times that you're going to say, I can't believe he said that out loud. That's supposed to be an inside thought, not an outside thought. <laughs>